Hey, thanks for being here. It's so good to get to worship together, to lean into God together, uh, to seek hope, and now to look at His truth. But before we dive into God's Word, I want to remind you guys about our upcoming Christmas Eve services, because we want to be prepared for you and for your friends and family, uh, people that you invite. Um, if you have not followed yet, uh, make sure you check out our website. The, the times and everything are listed there. Uh, we will kick off our Christmas Eve services actually on Christmas Eve's Eve, all right? And that, that's a good choice for some that might have to be traveling on Christmas Eve. So on Wednesday, December 23rd at all three of our campus locations at 6.30 p.m. that evening. And then on Christmas Eve day, things will kick off here at, for a 12.30 service. And then at all three locations at 2 p.m., 3.30 p.m., and 5 p.m. It's one of our biggest services of the year, but this year in the midst of COVID, we don't quite know what to expect, and so we just want to be prepared. And so if you'd help us by talking as a family, deciding on a specific service time, and then actually taking the time to pre-register, that'll help us be better prepared. You can text the word Christmas to the number on the screen. You can go online, find the info there and link there. Um, and then just, you know, maybe over Thanksgiving table, uh, talk talk about talk about it, decide on a, a service, who's, who all's coming, and then reserve your spots so that we can be ready for you. All right? So looking forward to Christmas Eve. But this weekend, we continue the series that we launched a few weeks ago, studying the book of 1 John, which is a letter that the Apostle John wrote, and week by week, chapter by chapter, I don't know about you, but I've been challenged with some significant questions that really kind of come out of what we've studied this far. In, in chapter 1, we really were, were, were challenged to think about, am I living in the light? Or have I just drifted into the darkness? Uh, in week 2, we looked at chapter 2, and we really asked, do I love the world? Not meaning, do I love everybody, but do I love the world system? Have I somehow gotten uh, enraptured into just living for power and prestige and stuff and control. And then last week, we asked the question, how am I doing when it comes to loving others? Am I loving with a selfish love or am I loving with a selfless love, the way that Jesus loved us and, as John said, and gave up his life for us? That leads us to 1 John chapter 4, which is where we're going to spend our time in verses 1 through 11 this weekend. And the question that we want to pose now is, who should we believe when it comes to spiritual truth? That is such an important question. It was an important question for John's listeners, but it is an incredibly important question for you and I here and now. You think about it, we live in a culture where there are so many voices talking at us, and it's hard to know who to believe, what to trust, and when it comes to spiritual truth, how do we, I mean, how do we know we're not being misled? And so that's what John addresses in this letter, and as we look at the first 11 verses, we're going to see that... John is calling us to both test the teacher and to test ourselves. 
So let me read uh, our core passage for us, and then we'll pick it apart bit by bit together. First John chapter 4, 1 through 6, John says, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. He says, For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how you will know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But, John writes, if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, then that person is not from God, and such a person has the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. But, he says, you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in this world. He says those people, those people, speaking of the false prophets, they belong to this world, so they, they speak the, from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them, but we belong to God, and those who know God listen to us, and if they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. That is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. So John's writing to warn his listeners about false teaching, and this, this wasn't something new. <laughs> Way back in the book of Deuteronomy, as the law of God was given to the Israelite nations, it says, don't listen to prophets who try to get you to worship other gods. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. Jesus was saying, watch out. In 1 Thessalonians, uh, the Apostle Paul, he's challenging the believers in Thessalonica, and he says, test everything that is said, and then hold on to what is good. Essentially, John is saying to test the teacher. That's what he begins with in, John, in verse 1. He says, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. John is saying, don't be spiritually gullible. Just because someone says they're speaking for God or has a certain title or a certain platform, don't just automatically accept that everything that they have to say is truly from God. John Stott puts it this way. He says, simple souls are so impressed by inspired manifestations as to be dazzled by them. What he's saying is, it's easy for us as human beings to become enamored with a person or a personality, or, or, or when, some, when they're able to do something that seems surreal or spiritual, we're, we can be easily drawn in. And John is saying, be careful. Don't just be dazzled by someone that's eloquent or someone that seems to have a connection with a higher power. He's saying, test the teachers. Test it all. That includes the teacher that's up on the stage today. And we'll talk about what that means and what that looks like. So how do we test 
the teacher. Well, in 1 John chapter 4, the second verse, I think John begins to lay out some, some ways that we can do this. He says, this is how we know if they really have the Spirit of God. If a person claims to be a prophet, acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. So one of the ways that we test whether somebody is really from God and speaking on God's behalf is what they have to say about Jesus. And I think John's really alluding to two different things here. First, you know, when we say they acknowledge Jesus Christ, sometimes we think, well, they just acknowledge, you know, Jesus, and Jesus was his first name, and Christ is his last name. But, but Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ is actually a title given to Jesus. It's why we can also say Christ Jesus. Christ, that, that word means the anointed one or the, the chosen one, the Messiah. What, what John is saying is that if a person is teaching or leading others spiritually and they have the Spirit of God, then they are going to point to Jesus as the Christ, the chosen one. The fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies, uh, they're going to point to Jesus as the Christ, the, the exclusive way to God. Jesus said, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I, I am the way, the truth, the life. The exclusive, unique claims of Jesus that he is the only way to heaven. So, uh, a false teacher may say there's other ways, may say that there's many ways, but a true teacher of God's word and truth is going to always lead us to this Jesus, the Christ. And not only that, John highlights something else here that's significant to what was going on in his day and age. Uh, it says that, John says, they also acknowledge that Jesus has come in the flesh, that Jesus had a real body. This was significant for a couple of reasons. There was a, a group of people that were spreading false teaching in that day and age called the Gnostics. And the Gnostics, they didn't believe that Jesus actually took on human flesh, that he was God as a human being, but that he was just a mystical spirit being. But John is calling that false teaching out. And remember in the very first chapter of John's letter that we started with, he said, this we, this we proclaim to you, the one that we have heard with our own ears, the one that we have seen with our own eyes, and the one that we have touched with our own hands. John is reminding his readers that Jesus took on human flesh. To, to not believe that Jesus was truly God in the flesh, taking on human form, is to not have any salvation at all. If Jesus didn't have a real body, then Jesus didn't really get crucified on a cross. And if Jesus didn't really get crucified on a cross and spill his blood for the forgiveness of sins, and then if he didn't have a body, there was never a body to be buried in a grave for three days, and at the end of those three days, there wasn't a real body that rose from the dead showing that Jesus overcame death and sin. And Paul says, if that never happened, our faith is in vain. It's useless. 
And so here John is reminding his readers, listen, don't believe everybody that comes along talking about Jesus. They may not be talking about the same Jesus of the Scriptures. In in essence, we need to make sure that we are listening to those that point us to the reality and the truth of Jesus Christ as revealed in the Scriptures. It's so easy for us to be led astray, and people using the name of Jesus can point us really just back to ourselves. There's a sort of self-ism that's being preached and proclaimed even in churches today and in other world religions, but it's not pointing people to Jesus as the Christ. It's pointing people to themselves or, or, or perhaps to a Jesus that just wants them to be happy and healthy and wealthy. But that's not the, the story of Scripture. We always need to compare. I mean, when it comes to testing the teacher, we should always test what the teachers are saying with God's truth, with Scripture. In, in the book of Acts, uh, Paul and Silas, I think it's chapter 17, they're, they're going around and they're preaching the good news of Jesus to the Jews of the day. And when they come to Berea, it says that the Berean Jews, they welcomed the message They were willing to hear it. They were willing to listen, okay? But then it says these words. It says, and the Bereans, they studied the Scriptures every single day to see if what Paul was saying was true. They didn't just trust Paul at first glance. They compared what he said to the truth of Scripture. And I'm going to tell you, that's what you ought to be doing with people that you watch online, with the people that teach up here on this stage. The Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians, he said these words, he said, if I or even an angel of light preaches any other gospel than the one that you first heard, then may may we be accursed. And John is reminding us, test the teacher. But in addition to that, in the following verses, I think what John is also saying is that he's calling us to test ourselves as well. Test the teachers, but test ourselves. So how do we do that? Well, in verse 5, John points to the false teachers of the day and highlights the pathway that they are on that helps us determine uh, the pathway that we're truly on. He says, those people, the false teachers, he says, They belong to this world. It has to do with who you belong to. This is a big part of testing ourselves. He says, who do we belong to? So so they speak then from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. In other words, we need to ask the question, who are we listening to? Who are we believing? That's not just the test for the teacher. That's the test for us. Some of the onus is on us to care for our own spiritual journeys and to ask hard questions, not just about what's being proclaimed, but, what, but about who we're really listening to and who we're leaning into for guidance in life and truth. 
Because who we believe reveals who we belong to. And remember, John said the, the, the false teachers, they belong to the world or the, the world system, and so they share what the world has to say, and they, the people listen to what the world has to say. So who are we listening to? And to whom do we belong? How do we know if we are just belonging to a world system and being led by a false spirituality? Well, we've got to know that we belong to God, that we're leaning into His truth, believing what He has to say, and then belonging to Him. And that's what John reminds his readers of. He wants them to be re-centered in their identity in Jesus. He says, but you, you belong to God, my dear children, and you have already won a victory over those people. What John was saying is, listen, I don't have to be concerned about you even though I'm warning you about this false teaching because I know who you belong to and you know who you belong to. And you belong to God, and because you belong to God, you can overcome the false teachers. In fact, he says, you've already overcome them. And how does that happen? He says, because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. John's highlighting the fact that when we belong to God, this is an essential question for us to ask ourselves. This is how we test ourselves. Who do I listen to? Who do I believe Therefore, who do I belong to? And do I belong to God? Because if I belong to God, then I have His Spirit, and His Spirit then is leading my life. He's my helper to guide me into all truth. Uh, in, in, in John's Gospel, in the first chapter, he tells us clearly how we can know that we belong to God. It says, and he's speaking about Jesus, it says, and yet to all who did receive him, that is, not reject him or push him away, but take him in, receive him, to those who believed in his name, because who we believe in leads to who we belong to, to those who believed in his name, the name of Jesus, the Christ, who came in the flesh, those who believed in his name, those he gave the right to become children of God. Who do you belong to? Do you belong to God? We belong to God by believing in Jesus, his son, and putting our faith in him. And in so doing, his spirit comes to dwell in our life and we have access to God's Spirit so that we can overcome and not be led astray by a spirit of error. Who we believe reveals who we belong to. And who we belong to makes all the difference. It makes all the difference in this life, and it makes all, dif all the difference in the life to come. This uh, a couple nights ago, I got a text message, got one, then I got another one, then I got a Facebook message. It was all people, friends of mine, that are also friends with my sweet mother-in-law, and they were letting me know that um, 
that my mother-in-law had evidently, my sweet, honest, caring, loving mother-in-law, had been messaging them through Facebook. And uh, she was telling them about just a a great opportunity, an opportunity where, I mean, she wanted to make sure that they were aware of the resources that they were to have access to, and if they had applied for this certain grant, or if they had taken advantage of this um, windfall financial opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was hacked. <laughs> oh, she was, she was absolutely mortified. I felt so bad. That's, in fact, that's why people were reaching out to us. They were like, I don't know if I should reach out to her. I'm, I'm worried it'll just get her all flustered. And well, she, she was. And here's the thing. Hackers, they try to use a person's name, picture, reputation in order to promote themselves, to take advantage of others. And in reality, the same thing can happen in our spiritual lives. You see, there are and there will continue to be those who claim the name of Jesus that try to use his character and his reputation, but for their own personal gain and leading people astray. And this is why, this is why John says, dear children, don't believe everyone who claims to be led by the Spirit of God. Every single one of us have a responsibility. First, to test the teacher. Test the teaching. Be like the Berean Jews who studied the Scriptures daily to see if what was being said, whether it's this platform, online, some other place that you're attending, some other group that you're in, someone else that you're hearing uh, in a Bible study, test the teachers. And test it according to Scripture. And then secondly, let's test ourselves. Let's really ask the tough question, who are we really listening to? Who do we lean into? Who are we believing? Because who we believe determines who we belong to. And who we belong to makes all the difference. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for your faithfulness and thank you for the relevance of your word, both to the ones that John was first writing to and, man, how relevant it is to us right here and now. God, protect us. Keep us from being led astray. God, help us to follow your spirit. God, help us to test the teachers. Would you lead us by your truth and help us to be incredible examples of that truth because our lives influence others as well. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your word, for your word is truth. It's in Christ's name that we pray together. Amen. Hey, in just a moment, our uh, greeting team will come by and they'll dismiss you row by row. Um, you can, then you can head on out. want to remind you two things. There's 
uh, still some Operation Christmas Child boxes out there. And if you'd like to meet Dan Seltzer, our new missionary, uh, you can see him at the Welcome Center and get a little bit more information and, and hear a little bit more of their, their ministry. All right, hey, have a great rest of your Sunday. Go Browns. Ha, ha, ha.